and we are back with another debunking myths episode. I did the first in November, I believe. I went through six of the most common ones I hear, and I'm gonna go for another six today. And there's only one thing that I ask. If you hear this today, and you hear someone in conversation talk about one of these myths as if it's true, interrupt that conversation and tell them, hey, Elliot told me that this was a myth, or even just pull up your phone, Google what they've just said, and I guarantee you'll find arguments against it. We wanna make sure that everyone gets educated on this process. So let's dive in. Number one of the biggest myths, or number seven maybe, of the biggest myths that I hear is that you need to do crunches and ab workouts to get a six pack. And don't get me wrong, you do have to work your abs. There are a lot of people who say you don't have to work your abs full stop. I also think that that's not really helpful either. You do have to do a little bit of midsection and core work, but unless you have minimal body fat around your midsection, you will never see your abs. And that's the unfortunate reality is that you have to be lean enough. It doesn't matter how much ab work, core workouts, exercises you do per week on your midsection, you won't see it unless you are lean enough. And some people hold more body fat on their midsection than others. And that's just down to genetics. It can be unfortunate, but you just got to understand that that's how your body works. And you might just have to get a little bit leaner. Yes, you can train your abs and they might pop a little bit more, but you have to make sure that that body fat is low enough in order for you to be able to see it. So rather than wasting your time on more ab exercises and ab workouts, you're much better off focusing on ticking your boxes overall and making sure your diet is on point so that you can lose enough body fat so that you can see your abs. Number two is being hungry is a sign that your diet is working. I'm just going to start by saying that is simply not the case. Let's put it this way. For the majority of your diet, you should be able to stay pretty full. As long as you're strategic with your meal timing, you pick sources of food that are high volume and you get enough protein in your diet, you should stay relatively satiated and you can drop a number of kilos without even being hungry. Some hunger towards the latter stages of your diet is probably inevitable, but that doesn't mean it's working any more than it did when you just dropped the other five or 10 kilos. So hunger is not a sign that your diet is working. It's just a sign that your body potentially needs some food or it's used to having food at that time. I can go a morning without eating and it doesn't mean I'm going to lose weight. It just means means my body is expecting food. So if you are doing well by packing out your diet of protein and staying satiated, that's a good thing. And that's probably what's going to set you up for a lot of success in your diet long term. Number three is that being sore after a workout is a sign of a good workout. And I could give you the most unintelligently designed workout. I could tell you to go squat and then do leg press and squat and do leg press for 20 sets. And I could make you do super slow eccentrics and you would be super damn sore the next day. That does not mean it's a good workout. And it doesn't necessarily mean that if you are sore, that doesn't mean it is a bad workout. It just simply means that your body's potentially adapting to a new stimulus. And in some cases, you don't want this to be the gauge of a good workout. It might mean under recovery. I found this in the past is that I will train for maybe three or four weeks on the same program. I won't do anything particularly different, but I'll have a couple of nights of poor sleep and I'll be sore than usual. And that isn't a sign that I've worked harder. It's simply a sign that my body isn't recovering. And a lot of the time this happens when we start a new workout as well. Our body is adapting to a new stimulus. The muscles haven't moved in that way under that level of tension. And what I'd say is that once you have settled into a program, just a little bit of soreness the next day is probably the sweet spot of where you want to be. If you are extra sore, that's not an issue. You can maybe look into your recovery and if your recovery is in a good place, totally fine. But just make sure that that's not your benchmark for a good workout. Number four is that you need fat to convert to muscle 
or vice versa. Chemically, they cannot convert to one another. So there is absolutely no way that these can interchange. And if you want to think of it in simple terms, you burn fat and you build muscle. So if you've got muscle on your frame, all that's going to do is either regress and you're going to atrophy if you don't train and you don't recover well enough, or you're going to gain more muscle, hypertrophy. Or if you have fat on your frame, you might lose some fat, you might burn some fat, or you might gain some fat if you eat too much and don't move enough. It's as simple as that. Number five, I cycle and run so I don't need to train my lower body. You may build some muscle in your legs whilst you cycle and run. However, if you put a bodybuilder next to a cyclist or a runner, you would see a significant difference in the shape of their legs. And within our muscles, we have different muscle fibers. And when we cycle and run, we are doing a lot of repetitive movement under a very consistent level of resistance. When we squat, when we deadlift, when we put our muscles under a certain level of load, we use different type of muscle fibers. We challenge our body in a different way. So just because you cycle and run, it might give you a good baseline, but what you'll find that the best cyclists and runners do is that they do a bit of both. They do their cycling, they do their running, but they also do some form of weight training as well in order to get stronger legs, to make sure that they prevent themselves from getting injuries, to work those muscle fibers that they're not using when they cycle and run. So if you are cycling and running, amazing, but don't think that that's the only thing that you need to have a strong and muscular lower half. And onto the final one on my list, which is debatably the most important, is that you can be too old to weight train. And that my friends, is absolute nonsense. Yes, you want to be a little bit more intelligent about the way in which you approach weight training. However, if you're elderly and you choose to weight train, you've got so many benefits to gain. You support your functional dependence. You have improvements in your bone health, which means less chance of fractures and potential severity when you have falls. You have better cognitive function, reduced mortality rate, improved mitochondrial health, and increased quality of life along with so much more. So if you ever think that you're too old to train, just remind yourself of that. Make sure you've got an appropriate training program. Maybe you get the help of someone as well, but you can 100% train very, very late into life and reap so many benefits from it. So those are my six myths which have officially been debunked. If you didn't listen to part one, head back to the episode in November and I'll put it in the show notes below so you can go click on it right away and make sure that you get up to date on those. But like I said, if you hear these in conversation, interrupt make sure you correct that person so we can make sure that we're spreading positive health and fitness information and none of these myths take care team and i'll speak with you all tomorrow and that was the simply fit podcast i hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode i feel inspired to improve your health and well-being be sure to search for simply fit in apple podcasts google podcasts and spotify or anywhere else you get your podcast from and go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.